Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that, and with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're in Colorado, or in Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in sweet Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. New users can also take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. Simply place $1 on the spread, money line, or total of any college football or NFL game and have a shot at making $100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, win bigger, and let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So it's it's ten o'clock East Coast time. the The first half just finished in that sloppy, rainy game uh, out in the Bay. Uh, I'm on the under. I'm on the Colts. Uh, being a Carson Homer is finally paying off, guys. Uh, but yeah, we are um, we're doing a podcast inside the win, green light pod from the Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I feel like we, we like I don't think we made it, but like. This definitely feels like we made it. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I, you get used to this. I Reed's like over this. there. Reed's got a chair. It's like a very comfortable chair. My bad, Reed. We'll fix that. We'll get you a chair that's competitive with the Wind's blue wire chair. This is a casino I've stayed at for years, bro. I've lost a lot of money at this casino. Now I'm actually like kind of making money to frequent this casino. So I love it. The sound in this studio is incredible. I got Dr. Fax to my left. Uh, who joined us for the trip this weekend. We got our whole production crew out here. Cowboy Reed's in his comfy chair. Um, and we're both talking about how fucking awesome the audio is. I feel like I'm reading a, an audio book or something in here. The sound. It's like the world's quietest room in Minnesota. That's what it reminds and, me of. And just to know, like, all the, the chaos and everything oh, yeah. that's going on right on the it's other side of that window <laughs> it, it is very, very quiet. Dude, you're so right. That's one of the most, we were just talking about this. The, the Blue Wire studio here at the Wynn is, it's a room, but it's, there used to be a shop here. Yeah. Like people were buying Louis or something in here <laughs> and we are more important than Louis Vuitton, dude. <laughs> so they put a fucking studio here and out in the hallway, you got people walking around and they can see in there they can hear out there. Do they hear us now out there in the hallway? They do. Fuck. They do. Oh, yep. what's up, guys? They can hear us. How are you? Yeah, see, I was guys. like, man, there's kids walking around out here at the Blue Wire at a casino. It's like 8, 9, 10 at night. I'm like, why do I have to watch my cousin? It's a self-imposed thing. The wind doesn't care. I think it was Chris Carter's favorite part of being here this weekend that he could interact with the people outside and give shout-outs oh, yeah. to his fans. Chris Carter was having a ball. with Me and Chris Carter connected because he's also with Blue Wire, and it feels great to call him a teammate. He's such a fun dude. 
hung out with him a lot this weekend. We did a pod for Greenlight um, yesterday, uh, and that'll come out soon. But I loved it. We talked for about an hour, and uh, the chairs are comfy. The conversation was good. But Chris Carter likes to talk to the people out in the hallway yeah, <laughs> a does. lot. And he's really good at his job because he can go from here to there and back to here and not forget what he was talking about. So shout out to Chris Carter. Look for that interview coming up. We love this studio. We appreciate Blue Wire and the win. Um, also want to shout out the studio crew here. Those guys have been crushing it. I mean, like, you know, they're great. That's I've Nestor, got Cole, and Antoine. Nestor, Cole, everything. and Antoine. Dude. And, Thanks, guys. Thanks for and everything. So I feel like we have just like, this is some Captain Planet shit. Because we've got our production team, who's awesome, and then the Blue Wire team here. And like when our powers combine, we make a podcast that might be good in Las Vegas. I actually don't know how we're doing this right now. I, I don't either. But I think uh, at the end of the day, I think the, the census is that I, I think we did pretty solid. Like okay, as We've a, had as, a good weekend. We've as, had a good as weekend. As a crew. We've had a good weekend. I also want to shout out Billy the bartender. He's from Philly. And he's at the uh, Tower Suites bar. And, like, I might just fly to Vegas to talk to Billy because he's from Philadelphia. And last night, the Eagles had not yet gotten their asses kicked by the Raiders yet. So it was, like, a lot of fun to be an Eagles fan. And, like, the Eagles fans take this place over. You get it now, Nate. I see. I, I, I definitely seen it. I, I don't think there would be any Eagles chance tonight, though. No, there, no, there will. That's the thing about the Eagles and the Eagles fans, bro. They're resilient. I don't know about this team. We'll find out. I think they're resilient, but the fan base is resilient. Tonight, there's, the Eagles fans are not going to let a little football game ruin, hey, even though they care about it more than anybody, they're not going to let a little football game ruin a trip to Vegas. They were, they were pretty dejected as we were leaving the stadium. There's a rule. Today. Like the 24-hour rule <laughs> for, uh, for teams is like squeezed for into fans. like a two-hour package. For, for fans? I think if you're in Vegas, it's like a 90-minute rule. Okay. You get to go back to your room. By the time you get back to the room, because all the traffic from the game, you should be, you should be over it. No, you got to spend a couple, a couple <laughs> minutes in the room like Denzel in flight. You got to open the mini bar, and you got to go to work. Only in a nice hotel. I mean, like, I got some of the nicest stuff in my mini bar. It's incredible. Which, by the way, there's a... We have a, a, a certain amount of money that everybody in our crew, the win was kind enough to give us like a daily allowance for things like not gambling. Nate asked if we could gamble with it. I was like, no, it doesn't work that way. It just as a, a precedent would be bad for them. Yeah. It's not inexpensive to open a bag of chips out of the win pantry. Yeah. Yeah, usually, you know, mini bar stuff. It's, it's like faux pas, especially like... You don't ever open up the mini bar. Like I open most, up the mini most bar of the time, all the time. Like, bro. you know, when you're on AAU trips, when you're younger and all that, the coaches, they make sure all that shit is locked. Yes, no question. <laughs> but as an adult, if your hotel does not have a mini bar, you're not competitive. Because if I'm in a place where I'm coming home at 2 a.m. and I'm drunk, yeah. guess what? That wears off. 2.45, I start laying my clothes out for the morning, watch a little sports center. My buzz is fading. I need to open. I need to hear that clink. Imagine, I need to hear that, that clink. And I'm, you guys in the back know what I'm talking about. John <laughs> knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. The last thing I tasted last night before a tin of Kodiak or Grizzly, because they don't sell good tobacco out here in Vegas. That's my one thing. <laughs> the last thing I tasted was a, a mini bottle of, uh, airplane bottle of Jack Daniels. Of all the nice liquor in that fucking mini fridge, I went for the Jack Daniels. So... Uh, Nate, though, had no idea. Fighting for my life in there, struggling, <laughs> struggling with, with, with morality and just 
am I going to pay $10? Like, do I want to do, I'm on a company trip. Do I want to put company 10? I like that. I like, do I want to put $10 and they see that it was for a water and have that come back and bite me in my ass? (laughs) That's not going to bite you in the ass. Are you kidding me? Find out that the next day that we have, bro, you're at it. You, you think we're going to freak out over $10 out of the mini bar? You're a backwoods air freshener. Like, I can smell backwoods the minute I walk into the ground floor. We've been smoking raw cones in studio for well over a year. It's never smelled like weed. Well, maybe it smelled like weed, but Yo, it doesn't smell like paper. You think a, I'm going to worry I'm about I'm working the, on a sponsorship for us. Go, hey, dude, if they it, send us Packwoods, bro. Bro, I'm working on if all If Packwoods that. wants to partner with me, done. See, like, and that's more of a, if we come to Vegas more, where it's, they got where it's legal and it's so. Anyway, here's, here's the thing: the first night we get off the plane, we're dehydrated because I don't know if you you know this, but when you're up in an airplane at forty thousand feet or whatever, you, there's not a lot of you know. I don't want to explain the whole thing. I'm not yeah. Bill Nye. You was you was making fun of me because I was getting dry and I was lathering up lotion before we hit the ground. So so you were prepared. You knew we were landing in the desert, bro. As soon as the beep happened, you were like Jergens. <laughs> the first night we land, we're dehydrated, we're tired. It's 3 a.m. at home. We're like, we have to. We're in Vegas. We got to go out. So we go out. We have a great time. Like, we are overserved. Oh, amazing time. Overserved. Nate wakes up. He probably thinks he woke up in a desert because he is in a desert. The casino air is not doing it for him. Like, he's that hungover. And his, his mouth is dry. And he's, he's, he's just staring at a mini bar that he has $300 a day to access. But has this, no idea. But this is you got to read the itinerary. But this is but this is worse. I had one of the small waters from the airplane. Yeah. So that like wet my Word. whistle, Rational. and then and then like it just made it worse. And then that's when <laughs> I started looking at this mini bar opening the fridge. Yeah. And then when I seen the prices, I was like, you know what? I can make it until until breakfast. I I think I can make it. Bro, he was like starving himself because he didn't know we had an allowance. That's not the only rookie move that we've had this weekend. Another one goes to Reed Dickerson, who's just a pure soul. And, you know, Reed's, we're at uh, like in the excess. excess. It's the pool side, so yep. it's more chill outside. Cabanas. And we had a cool cabana. So we get separated. For 20 minutes, we're like, where's Reed and the guys? Reed comes stumbling up. I'm like, thank God you're good, man. He's like, no, we're good. We're good. We found an escort. <laughs> I said we got an escort here. <laughs> I'm like, bro, no, you did not say we got an escort. <laughs> so they hooked us up with an escort. I was like, hey, Reed, you cannot say that in Las Vegas. <laughs> like, so Nate's fumbling over the minibar. Reed's, <laughs> Reed's calling security escorts in Las Vegas. There's a frog at the restaurant here. There's a big oh. waterfall at the outside. Singing the frog. That was There's awesome. A, it's basically a place that they... I feel like you're encouraged to do acid there. I mean, it's not encouraged, but like and it's kind of implied that that frog would look a lot cooler on acid. And so they actually have to, and people have stopped and listened now because they heard acid. <laughs> it's Las Vegas. So we're looking at this giant 20-foot frog climbing the waterfall, and we're just like dumbfounded. Thank you, Packwoods. No, and, and so the waitress comes over, and she warned Cowboy Reed. Was it you that she warned? She, she warned Brian. She said, hey... I don't want this to freak out your friend who smells like weed, Talking but there's a big frog on top of the waterfall. <laughs> like, dead serious. Nate. Like, like, we just want to give Nate a little time to prepare for this frog. <laughs> I guess when we walked in, we were like backwoods air fresheners. Maybe, but no, the, the most, the most like, out of the ordinary thing for me at that restaurant was not the frog. 
it was the mini chairs for females' purses instead of going on the ground. Did really? you realize that? Really? They had mini chairs that looked like their seats for maybe kids <laughs> or smaller people. Yeah. And then you realize they're bringing it for females to put their purses on. Or guys. A lot of guys have purses or, or, now. They're yeah. kind of in satchels. Either, either or. But I thought it was very, very interesting. And I've been to a lot of nice restaurants and places, and I've never, ever seen that before. Well, nowadays, you know, NBA dude comes to dinner, you got to make sure he's got a place to put his satchel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. So that they're being competitive. Another thing that the wind does really well. And Nate's been thrifting here. You know, Nate has an eBay account. The first day he walks in, we're sitting in the Blue Wire studio getting ready to, I'm getting ready to interview Chris Carter. This guy walks in, I hear like 30 pounds of plastic bags. So that's what made me turn my head. I turn my head. And Nate has 40 mesh bird feeders. Ooh, I can't wait. He got them from Goodwill, and so he flips them on eBay. So when you said you were going out thrifting, I thought you were looking for, like, cool vintage T-shirts. Oh, I got some hats. But you're out there looking for fucking bird feeders to sell on eBay. No, Dude, no, you're in Las no, Vegas. No, Take no, the morning no, off. No. You're the hardest working guy on eBay. You don't, you don't get it, bro. It's not about looking for certain yeah. items. You yeah. got to look for the real <laughs> deals. And at the end of the day, those bird feeders, they came, they rung up at about 70 cents. And we're famous. People just waved at us. They're like, who the fuck are these guys? Bro, your face is right there, bro. <laughs> Where is but, that? But no, we <laughs> bought it. One. We bought it. Yeah. I bought it for 70 cents. Yeah. And you go online and you look to see what they sell for. Okay. And those bird nests sell for $17. Okay, but I'm saying you're in Las Vegas. How, Could have done anything you... with your morning. No, but a, there's bro, a you waterfall. Here's the thing, here's the thing right. about Goodwill. Yeah. What? Wherever you're at, you have to think about the area you're in. That's where all the, the items the are inventory. Being, so that's like one for. of one 40 of 40 bird feeders. But it was huge in there. No, it's not one of one. No, you don't get it. It's <laughs> like you, a watch. It's like having a nice watch. I got this bird feeder. You can only get this one in the Henderson Goodwill. Nate, when you saw the bird feeders, did you know that they went for X amount of dollars and you could make a large profit? Or you have to do a little research. He's you got to do a little he's research. He's a businessman. But, okay. but look, a little research is you turn on your phone, eBay app, and you take a picture of the Scantron, and it literally just tells you all the information that you need. The barcode on the back of any item, every single item in the world now basically has a barcode. So he's like Goodwill's biggest enemy. He's also, I believe, the Win Sportsbook's biggest enemy because he's the parlay guy. We're going to have Alan Berg on a little bit, who's the senior trading, trading manager. manager. I've struggled with that bet. because it's like basically he's the Wizard of Oz. Speaking of, he is, like, I got a chance to make my first IRL, IRL. bet and. I just want to do this on camera because oh, I see I everyone know. do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you lost it. The Ravens uh, ruined it. Damn Ravens. Hey, Nate, you know this is an audio podcast. <laughs> no, we got camera. We're going to use this as a social. <laughs> Nate ripping up his first losing bet uh, slip at the win. I got some winning bet slips. I'll take you through it in a little bit maybe. But, Nate, sports book, incredible, huh? You get it. Unbelievable. You get it now unbelievable get i get i i get it it's a sweet setup and unlike a a club or anything when you buy a table at the sports book you get unlimited drinks and food mr unlimited i've never heard that before no i know it's crazy because they want you to stay there it's yeah, actually I it. like I like if it. a guy leaves because you need some chicken fingers and he doesn't <laughs> lose ten thousand dollars five minutes later like that's kind of you didn't think that through i tell you this though when i was going up there to make my one bet 
the, the lady I got. <laughs> Hold on. You walk out of the sports book, you're like, what nice people they were in there. They just Listen. kept bringing me hamburgers. <laughs> got to go start a new college fund. Go ahead. The lady behind the counter, I'll go up there, and I'm like, I want the Ravens. And she goes, number. <laughs> just like that. No. And she points. And, like, the way she did it, for someone who was new and had no idea it's what a I place was doing, you feel like a total novice. No, I, I definitely did. I felt like a novice was going up, but as soon as I said the wrong thing, for some reason, when she yelled number and pointed, I knew exactly what she was saying. Yeah, well, she and didn't I have a lot down, of time. She got and, a lot of people's money to take, and there was a long line. Yeah. And I realized that. I'm. I realized I'm like, damn, I'm slowing this up. And, yeah, dude. And on top of it, there. I'm like, I don't want to say this out yeah. loud, but I was only putting five dollars down. So <laughs> I could just imagine. You're a minnow in here, bro. You're like we were talking about whales in here. You're like actively like you're you're yeah, and you're I'm, cashing out those bets. And we'll okay. talk to Alan Berg about is that actually like a good strategy? Cash out your bets by the way if you've seen nate's buffet selection on uh on twitter.com people were enamored with it big cat followed him that's how ridiculous dr fax's buffet spread was had the the shrimp posted up on the bacon on the sausage there was shrimp lounging on the listen, sausage listen from looking at all the mentions i'm just realizing how many people are just missing out like on life and the things that you guys are you worried are about. You can waltz into they, the wind. And no, you, but you guys are worried. Like, it was all good food that I wanted to eat and I wanted to try. Yeah, but you do not try this at somewhere else where it's shrimp I don't trust. It's sausage that's, like, it's you know, been frozen. It's the opportunity, bro. Yeah. You don't ever have that opportunity where you have pancakes, sushi, <laughs> fried, pineapple bro. fried rice. Bro. Shrimp cocktail. Look at the picture on Twitter. You tell me. Big Cat followed him over this. Matter of fact, today I had it. to name. He, he does respect it. it. I had to name drop Big Cat today. I was in an elevator next to Guy Fieri, and I just did. I was like, "Man, it's Guy Fieri," which probably sucks to be Guy Fieri because everybody has that same impulse. You did not shit on me. No, dude. Uh, no, no, no. Listen, I didn't shit on you to okay. Guy Fieri, but I'm just telling you, like, when you meet Guy Fieri, everybody feels like they have the right to talk to him. You know, like he's, you've dyed your hair, you wear flames on your on your bowling shirts. Like, man, like you are you're a public entity. So I just didn't even respect his his private. Like, I just was like Guy Fieri, like total like <laughs> guilty as charged. And all I was frozen. I was like, what the fuck do I say? I could probably say because he's a Raiders fan. Hey, my pops played for yeah. the Raiders, and also like I played in the NFL. But all I could think to say was, "I'm Big Cat's friend." And let me tell you, that worked. That guy loves Big Cat. He called him a gangster. Oh, yeah. He goes, that guy's a gangster. I was like, I don't know what he means by that, but that's pretty awesome. That's lit. Yeah, Guy Fieri and me, best friends now. And I, don't I, think, I got a follower. I, I don't think follow. Guy Fieri is aged in 20, 25 years. No, because he set the bar low. <laughs> that's the key to like. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, but like he wasn't like Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Ray Liotta is going to look like Ray Liotta for 40 years. Or am I wrong about that? Let me look at Brian Nelson. Ray Liotta is Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta never, you weren't like, oh, Ray Liotta is like a 23-year-old. Like, right. he probably always looked 40. Maybe I'm wrong. We go to the Eagles game, and Allegiant Stadium is one of the coolest places I've ever been. Now, granted, we had a good setup. No, it was an unbelievable setup. We had a shuttle 
with fucking free snacks on it, bro. Snickers, bro. Musketeer bars, Twix, chips. Sixers fan, how do drinks. we feel about Ben Simmons right now? He's got a Grateful Dead mask. <laughs> yes, dude, I like this guy a lot. There's a guy, yes. Let's he has a mustache. Go. He has a mustache, too. <laughs> this is like my best buddy right here, dude. Best Grateful Dead song, Mouth It. Oh, easy, easy win. win. Easy, easy win. win. Working man's dead guy. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. I like, dude, we got some deadheads at this thing. Philly, Philly. This is a great thing. I just talked to a guy who couldn't hear a word he was saying. <laughs> I should be a hostage negotiator. <laughs> just call me when you don't know what the fuck to say. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you out of it. Um, but that Allegiant Stadium is beautiful. First off, Eagles took it on the chin. I'll just keep the football brief because we're going to talk plenty of football with Allen here in a, a minute or two. The halftime sequence was the killer. You know, the fumble before the half and then coming out down and saying, essentially, like, I, I, with that onside kick, I don't know what you're saying. If you're playing the numbers, if you're doing but, – but me and Nate were, were livid because – it was a nice kick, and you could have used that later wait, in the game. It was honestly one of the best field, game over. One of the best onside kicks I've seen, and 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 you, and you waste it. It's like a video. It's like a spur of the moment, like video game move. Like you know what, we can we can trick them right now, <laughs> bro. I just didn't like that was the one thing, and I'm I'm not gonna make this. I'm in Las Vegas. I don't want to make this a negative thing, but I did not love the onside kick. You know what really hurt them? I thought to be fair to Sirianni, they came out with a nice game plan. Miles Sanders was getting the football. Like four plays in one possession. I was down there in the end zone, Brian Westbrook, um, Freddie Mitchell, a bunch of guys were down there. And everybody was really excited because Miles Sanders was getting the football. He's the best player on the offense. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. And then, you know, like the thing that you probably made a big emphasis on this week, you can't use anymore. But then when Gainwell, who's a good player and may eventually make Miles Sanders. I don't want to use the word expendable because I think Miles Sanders is way better than he's even being shown to be in Philly. But like when you got a guy like Gainwell, when Miles Sanders is up, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money to like, you know, the market for him is going to be great. And if you don't really give the ball to your running back, it's nice to have a guy like, like Gainwell who's less heralded and can kind of do everything. But what he can't do is fumble the football like that before the half. That was bad. And you know, late, I thought Jalen just looked off today. He just looked off. And he's looked off off and on all year. And I want to be fair to him because context is important. I had this conversation with a former player uh, that I ran into, you know, recently. You know, I was saying, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he's the guy. And he was like, well, you got to be fair to Jalen because the situation's not great. And I was saying to myself, like, maybe the reason I'm so matter of fact about it is I was a rookie in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes back at my stats my first two years and says, nope. man, like, it was a burning building. Okay, nobody ever did that for me. Nope. So maybe it's ingrained in me to say, you know, I know the situation's not perfect, but sometimes we're going to need Jalen to be the reason you win, you know? Um, and so today he just wasn't the reason they won. And I think it's fair to say when they're sitting there with multiple draft picks, by the way, Miami keeps losing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for the Eagles. Multiple potential mm-hmm. top ten picks. Yeah, and what's going on in the Colts game right now? I don't, I don't know, but like the Colts are playing better, so that offsets, you know, that situation. Twenty to twelve right now with three thirteen left in the third. That's great. The under's still alive. I got the Colts, and I got the Colts money line. So, your boys having a good weekend. But my thing is, if you're sitting here at this point, you just can't say for sure in the, the context of the situation that he's the guy right now. 
he has a long time to prove it. And yes, it is not fair to him what he walked into last year. But it, it's not fair to to most rookie quarterbacks who play early. Like that's the way it is. And you got to make a decision. But they don't have to yet. He didn't make them pay for broken plays. Like John and I were talking about this. Like a lot of times the big cash out on somebody like Jalen is like when you let him out of the pocket and when, when the, pr- the play breaks down, he's going to really kill you. Like he's going to do something in scramble drill I think- to take advantage of it. He just didn't burn them today. When you get out of the pocket, dude, in a game where, you know, in Carolina, I talked about that sequence before the half, and you get a free play and you throw it 30 yards out of bounds. It's not like he's, he's, he's throwing it exactly where in his mind at that moment he was like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. It's not like it's a bad throw. It's, it's the wrong throw. Yeah. It's the wrong, you know, reading the field, scrambling, like situationally, game situation. Like the, the drop snap, they said it hit Dickerson's um, thigh, Landon, the larger yep. Dickerson. You're right. Cowboy Reed's big brother, Landon Dickerson. I think it, it grazed him, so I don't want to put that all on him, but you still got to catch that football. And so, yeah, he's just got to play better if this particular team wants to be competitive. And I think they're going to have decisions to make. Also, in the NFC East, Giants. Uh, kicked ass finally in the second half. Darnold got bench. Darnold just can't seem to catch a break, but he's bringing it on himself. They got him for one year down there. I think him getting benched today kind of tells me it's it's over. Like it's just you're not coming back from that. Maybe maybe he does, but I just with what I know about the Panthers and him, if this stop doesn't work out, it's it's really early to feel like all of a sudden you go from somebody's kind of shot in the dark investment to a bridge bridgey kind of guy a back backup kind of guy that sucks for him but uh the jets did not leave him with a lot of runway to get this thing right and in carolina it hasn't gone well so good for the giants cam newton is the conversation that's what we should be talking about i could produce first take like literally that's like i'm gonna put cam newton in all caps on the whiteboard carolina because my man's available there feels like there's unfinished business there. You made multiple moves to win now. You, you believe your team's good enough to win right now. You got the backer. You got the corner. Like, those are were decent moves. Why not do something like that at quarterback? Like, you would be a hero. You want to get, like, a pass in Charlotte from Matt Rule? You want, like, a longer leash? Sign the fuck out of Cam Newton. Whoa. Like, tomorrow, if you can. Because the city would love it. And I actually think the personality of this team kind of fits Cam Newton. So, essentially, Zach Ertz got faster this week. And I'm telling you why. Zach Ertz got faster because he breathed that desert air, dude. When we used to get off the plane in Arizona in, like, November, coming from St. Louis, you know, like, it's cold. Like, you don't even want to pump your gas, dude. Like, you, you get down to Arizona, you open the plane, like, every resort is nice. It could be a dog shit hotel and it looks beautiful because there's cactus there's you know i mean like it's just there's mountains but the air feels good the grass there is nice they wheel the grass in from outside how ridiculous is that allegiant same thing i don't know where they're growing that grass is inside dude when you play in arizona i think you get younger and zach Ertz looked young as he took off up the sideline this week like he just got to arizona i'm happy as hell for him uh as a personal friend and Cardinals showed a lot of maturity. Like, they're down 5 nothing. They're playing a baseball game with the Texans. They're in a rock fight with the Texans. 
this was the game that was like so chalky to predict the letdown. And it looks like that's happening. And you know what teams do most times? They stay in the rock fight. They found a way to not only screw first half betters for the Texans today, but also like they took off in their spaceship. It's like Golden State. Like if you're going to try to, the old Golden State, if you're going to try to have a lead against Golden State that you feel good about, like you better have like twice whatever you think that is. Yeah. And I think the Cardinals have that ability. Um, and again, got laughed at when Blue Wire posted my Kyler Murray could be the best player in football. Like I got laughed at in the comments. All right. Like now y'all are all obsessed with them. So uh, Cardinals are for real. I still don't trust them. Lions, Rams, poor, first off. Poor Lions. The poor Lions covering Campbell. Like, like if, if, if you're a coach and you're just like, you're putting it all out there on the line, all, all the players, obviously, they're playing their hearts out for them. They're doing everything they can. The coaching staff, obviously, they're doing everything they can. Wait till it gets cold. And <laughs> Onside it's kicks so cold and in the D. big punts. I'm just, let me everything. give you. Let me and, give you and, they're, and they're working. And they're working. It's just like, what do you do when you go home? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do when you Drugs. go home and you're just like, damn. I'm fucking doing everything I can, Drugs. and we're having the same results. Because I hit my pen you know, in the Blue Wire studio. You know, this is what you do when you go home on a team like that because they're doing everything they can. Just like you said, they're playing competitive football. But like we said before, now this is where Dan Campbell's really going to earn his money because the temperature's dropping, okay? Let me tell you something. You're on a bad team, and when the temperature drops on a bad team, like I don't know if you can – you know, people out here, you want to you want to bet some like um, I don't know who's a, who's a bad team playing in cold weather, like maybe the Bears or something. The Bears, but they have an indoor facility. No, but I'm talking about just the general walking to your it. car. Oh yeah, every a pain in the bro, ass, everything. dude. Like getting up in the jets, morning, getting up in the morning, getting to work on time, yeah, having dude. to worry about snow. Cold weather teams, the Jets, Broncos. the Broncos. Well, your Broncos are gonna fall off a cliff because it's gonna get cold up there, and you're gonna be like, I gotta hit people. They probably don't have an indoor facility. No, I'm sure they do. Go Broncos. Not everybody's like like the Rams. Our indoor facility was 60 yards long. Reed's 60 like, yeah. yards long, dude. You couldn't even run your like full <laughs> offense in there. It was a 60-yard indoor, bro. Who builds an indoor and is like, I'm done here? You know what I mean? Like, do you, Does the funding stop? And you're like, fuck it, we'll put it up. Hey, bowling on a budget sometimes. So man. some of these teams, so we had a lot against us temperatures 60 yard indoor bad football team in st louis so i know how this thing goes and dan campbell he's gonna have to get up there every monday and give the same speech man and that sucks because you got to have a mantra you got to have like a this is our way out and coaches do a bad job i think a lot of times when things are bad their mantra your mantra can't change every week you can't have a different saying every week you can't like have one of these cute college sayings like the the five f's or whatever like and then on monday come up with a new one i was reading a book like that stuff gets old you got to be consistent and you have to sell a message that guys are going to wake up in the morning and walk to their car it's 16 degrees out and and they're gonna they're gonna shoot toward all on sunday and they're gonna play in games that they know they're they don't know the line i don't think the lions all knew they were 17 point dogs today but they know they're not supposed to win and they're going to have to do this all the way in December, and that's tough. So hats off to Dan Campbell so far for, like, making them believe, but and then the hardest work's And then ahead. on top of that, it gets into scary hours when you hit that week, what would it be this year, when you absolutely know that you can't make the playoffs and you have to try to get everything you want out of your players? Buddy, they knew that 
in Last week? August. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, when you're on a bad team, I'm just you've been on bad teams, but you have not been on teams where the vets in, like, April are like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Like, dudes that, like, have voices deeper than, like, James Earl Jones. They've been, like, they were smoking cigarettes in the 80s at halftime. And they're still there. Like, this was when, the, before the new CBA, there were old guys. And these guys were all, like, like Leroy Glover and his, his Louis belt that he, he wore in his football pants. Like, the grumpiest old vets, dude. And they would tell you in April, like, now maybe teams are younger now, so, like, it's easier to have teams buy in because mm-hmm. everybody's green. But when you were on those veteran teams and they were bad and guys were, like, going there to finish their careers, you knew in April. Also, Aaron Donald, Sewell, you and Gabe, shout out to Gabe, were like, oh, check this out. Sewell tried him. Oh, Sewell bullied him. No, you can't, he just you can't didn't be back the bully. Down. Bully got bullied. He didn't back down. Do you want a medal of honor? He's eight feet tall, dude. Bro, he's a rookie, bro. We were just making a spectacle. He's I know. A, he's a rookie. But Gabe and- wasn't. Gabe was trying to make a case like Aaron got punked because somebody didn't run into oh, the, the opposing no. tunnel. I'm like, it'd be like a cartoon. Like Aaron's like a cartoon from the '60s, you know how like I just, just, I just like Tom the, and Jerry stuff. Like he he would like slam dudes. It'd be sound effects. I like, like the rookie standing up and not like, hey, it's it it's good, great fun. It's energy. I'm, I'm with in, that. In, I'm in, with in the trenches. You know, you know, you know, like, you, know you know how to. I was like, this goes. is not a win. Like this is not an L for Aaron. Also, the McVeigh and Jared Goff dynamic. This was a revenge game. Everybody knows it, but it was a double revenge game because it was McVeigh. Uh, you know, it was Jared Goff trying to get back at McVay, but it was also Jared Goff trying to get back at Michael Brockers, who's his teammate now. But remember when Michael Brockers went to Detroit, or in the hours before Michael Brockers went to Detroit, when they acquired Matt Stafford, in the couple hours that Matt Stafford and, and Michael Brockers were teammates, Brock was like, oh, we get a real quarterback, or something to that effect. And, like, understandably, Jared Goff probably didn't like that. So even if they're teammates now, he's trying to show Brock, he's trying to show all his old teammates, He's trying. He knows the elephant in the room. It's eight hundred pounds, dude. <laughs> like McVeigh didn't like him and didn't think he could win with him, and that makes for a very personal dynamic, which sucks because I've had plenty of coaches that I hated that I now get along with. Like you know, what I mean, like we just didn't work well together. Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work. And I, I think I hope that Sean and Jared can eventually like. Be cool with, hey, we, sure they, we went to a Super Bowl. Hey, I don't know that hey, that's true, hey, what you're I, I, about to say. Well, as long as they respect each other, I was I don't, about to but say. But I don't know. As long like, as that, as long as it's that. But if, if it's not that, like at the end of the day, just leave it alone. But if, if they don't like each necessarily like each other. I don't think other, they necessarily. I, I just get this vibe that it got really toxic there. So I really wanted to see Jared, once I knew that the Rams weren't going to cover, I wanted to see Jared pull one out. I hate to say that. I got some buddies on, on the Rams, but I, I root for the underdog. And so it really hurt me to see him throw that those last two picks. Now one of them, you know, wasn't a total duck, uh, the one in two minute mode. But the one five minutes to go, you're like, man, I'm so close to doing something I'm never gonna forget my entire life to go into the shiny new building that they ran me out of. I almost beat the Rams at home, and they wanted nothing to do with me. And I don't care if the Rams were right, I was wrong. I don't care if I'm gonna be a backup the rest of my career. He would have never forgot this day. So I was bummed for him a little bit. I really was. And that little embrace at the end, y'all were like, I was like, how was the, the hug? They were like, oh, he pulled him in for a while. It seemed good. Like, they don't, I'm like, I don't feel any differently after that, that I saw the four-second clip. But, yeah, Goff threw that sinker before his fourth down pick. I was like, man, dude, 
just if you're McVeigh, you're really relieved you didn't lose to Jared Goff. Um, and I nicknamed Dan Campbell covering Campbell and bet against him today, and I'm an idiot. So I apologize to Dan Campbell. The Brady thing, I want to give out some mentions. The first one we have to argue over is the hollow man because you say the hollow man should go to the, the person who caught Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass ball from Mike Evans. Yeah. There was a fan that caught this yes. ball. Mike Evans gave him the ball. Gave him the ball. Okay. Gave him the ball unknowing at the time the, how, how important that ball was. Yeah. So that this fan has this 600 ball and the stadium's workers go to him to ask him for that ball back. And you think that's an optional thing, probably? Uh, 1,000% <laughs> it's optional. I mean, it's definitely... If you, throw, if you, so throw, me, if you throw me the ball from... Not, not, it's not like they kicked it or it bounced in there and they asked for a bat. If a player on the field hands me the football, it is now in my possession. It is mine. And I think that fan... I, I'm praying and hoping... That the compensation that they end up giving this fan that they said they're going to give not, him, they're not going to give him whatever that gets auctioned off for. I, I'm just saying what what it's worth. Like if that fan, are they going to give him season tickets and like a tax free season tickets or something like well, that? I don't, I don't think th I don't think they have a choice yet. I, I'm just saying I don't think they have a choice anymore. Now that you said he, what you just said, I, I'm just saying at the end of the day, he gave that ball up, and I don't, I just don't like that because I I don't feel like he's going to get what. Maybe I wonder if anybody in the fashion. hallway is like, dude, like you're you're totally these guys out here, can, guys. Can you hear me? They're they're waiting. Okay, if you're fans of your favorite team, like say you're a Buccaneers fan today, Tom Brady, six hundred touchdown. Mike Evans throws the ball to the fan. My co-host here says, "That's my ball." Like Tom Brady comes, security comes, like that's my ball. Yes or no? Are you keeping that ball? Thank you. Damn, these two guys too. <laughs> he knows what's up. Like, there's no code here. You, I, bro, you have to know what you, you guys have. are like. You bro, guys are you, like. Would you, if someone threw you like, a diamond, would you just give it, give it? That's give it not a diamond. That's a football, dude. I'm talking about for value. It is a diamond. It's a diamond in a rough. It's 600 touchdowns. It's a who, portfolio. Who else has 600 touchdowns? Uh, nobody that I know of. Bam. There you go. So <laughs> what, what's I, the reserve if, on eBay for you? I'm starting it at six figures, 100000 Let it go. According to Golden Auction House, that ball is worth $500,000. Oh, my God, Facts. You got such a point, dude. Look, bro, five, and that's, and that's only today. I'm keeping that ball, too. That's only today, bro. I'm not giving that ball back. Those two guys are right never, out there, too. Never, and you know Those why? Those guys are right. But look, you know why I'm not giving it back? Why? Because at the end of the day, at some point, if Tom Brady really wanted it back, yeah. and I'm a fan... Tom Brady's got to He's going to make it right. Tom but, Brady's got to But tell Tom me. Brady's going to hook you up. He's going to get you season tickets. He's going to hook. He's going to do the right thing. Can I live the in your house like Antonio Brown? Can I live there? No. Yeah. Speaking but, terms with <laughs> your whole family. Like, But I'm just mad at that because I hope that fan, I hope at the end of the day. And I wonder if he has some type of legal situation where he can maybe have a lawyer and be like, hey, he was bullied to give that ball back. There's a cough button here. I just used it. That's incredible. <laughs> they have a cough button, dude. Did you, you press it, and you and they don't hear you cough anymore. I mean, you guys didn't hear it, but you just totally flipped the script on me, dude, bro. You more more specifically with the five hundred thousand dollar. Yeah, uh, but think about there. that. That's a bully. That's a bullying tactic. Like, hey, we're, we're the team. You have to give this ball back. No, I. Why don't. do I, dude? No, what if I, I don't? What if this I'm in ball debt? Was giving it to me. What if I'm in debt? Bro, what, no one knows that guy's What situation. if somebody's after me 
like a squid game situation. Just anything. Anything, bro. Like, what if I might have to go to squid game? Bro, even if it's as simple as I can, I can open up a savings for my kids. I can set my kids up for college. Yeah. Whatever it is. He yeah. had that in his hand. $500,000. Like I said, a diamond. You're right. Would he's you the throw, hollow man. Would you throw a diamond back? He's the hollow man. No. Exactly. My diamond. It's mine. <laughs> I was going to say that Mike Evans could be hollow man. Because, yeah. like, why are you tossing the 600th ball into the stands? Because like, he thought it was, like, 558. Not, not a special touchdown. And Mike it's, Evans it, and it's his ball to give out. Up. It's his ball to give up. Mike Evans is just like, Mike, were you in meetings this week? Like, we're not throwing that ball to the, to the <laughs> fan, dude. We almost had a $500,000 situation. But it just um, goes to show. It's business as usual. I'm catching a touchdown pass from Tom Brady, which I'm going to keep doing for the rest of the season. So it's, it's nothing. It's an everyday occurrence now. My best flight. I'll give it to Cincy. We're going to talk about them in a minute, but they're a contending team. They, they are. I don't know if this is going to last. I mean, but if you ask me right now for a top 10, they're somewhere in that five to eight range. They are. Their resume says it. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Packers. You guys all love the Packers. You guys love the Packers so much, dude. I didn't say the Packers are a top three team. I'm talking about the people out in this casino. If you walk by, it's like, how good are the Packers? Oh, they're pretty good. Like, they haven't watched them, but they just the Packers are good. The Bengals went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Packers. They also beat the team that everybody thinks is like a Super Bowl favorite because they trounced the Chargers. And they did it in division, and they did it convincingly. And so the Bengals are for real, and they're flying home. It's a short flight. They played in the early game. I'm sure they got a fucking river walk down there somewhere in Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't seem like a place you know I want to go is. out. You can call your best. You could call your best hostess and have the table. The table's ready. ready. The tables and the bottles. The table ready. is ready, dude. Oh, that's the best feeling. That's, that's such a great feeling. That's the best. You could be drunk in the daytime. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> Just make sure you hydrate first. But best flight is going to go to Cincy. I'll save the worst flight for last. Fly on the wall for me, probably this story that Reed told me. Reed, you want to tee me up on that? Yeah, so uh, in this Baltimore-Cincinnati game, there was a fan who climbed into the press box looking for alcohol. He said, hey, where are the drinks? Let me get some drinks in here. Wait, wait, do we know what type of fan it was? Was it uh, what, that from sounds, what side? That sounds like way more of a Bengals fan. You think so? I, to me, I, I don't know the two. It's a Rust Belty game, okay? Like, I know that the Baltimore, Baltimore is Baltimore technically Rust Belt, guys. I know it's not, but I had this whole argument with Julian Edelman about the Midwest and like how you define these things, bro. Like it's Rust Belt to me. Are there rusty old factories? The, the, most, the most recognizable thing in Baltimore is a giant 400 foot smokestack. <laughs> like everybody sees it when you come from down south. Like you're a Rust Belt city. So your fans are going to be Rust Belty. I don't care if it was a Bengals fan or a Ravens fan. They all have the ability to get just blackout drunk at a football game. The color analyst during the broadcast kept saying, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And then a couple minutes so later, you could the, hear him. Yeah, on the on the uh, on the radio broadcast. And then the play-by-play -play guy said, "If you were listening a couple minutes ago, the color guy said, what are you doing?' Because a fan tried to climb into the stand or climb into our booth asking us for a drink.'" And the color analyst said, yeah, I don't serve drinks at the game. I might make some cocktails at home, but this is not the time or place. <laughs> what a classy way to do it. I would have just, uh, like, kicked him, like, <laughs> off the side. I just wonder what it flying. is. Like, like, if he has his hand up, just start peeling his fingers back. Like, what are you I'm just <laughs> wondering what kind of drink. The type of guy who climbs into a press box looking for alcohol, what kind of drink is he drinking? Yeah, maybe, maybe let's. Hey, maybe is he, he was, a vodka guy or is he, he a wanted, whiskey guy? Maybe he wanted to sober up I feel and like he, he really needed water. Time. He would have been a good time. Maybe he dude. wanted some water. He maybe he wanted some water. <laughs> yeah, I, I I go Bevel Conway. We we give out Bevel Conway as a mention. 
to the guy that's DM me three times asking me what the Bevel Conway Award is, like I've addressed it twice now. I love this. He was like second time following up. I'm like, well, gee, buddy, I don't check all my DMs, but I did catch the third one. Bevel Conway is, is the most beautiful scene in football. We had Ole Miss LSU this weekend. Those uniforms to me are gorgeous. Played on natural grass as the good Lord intended football to be played outside. And it was absolutely beautiful. You got a Bevel Conway? Did anything beautiful catch your eye this weekend uh, on the field? I like the Green Bay. You like the Packers. You know? I, like, I really do. I really did like them. It was, they're simple, but What's up, buddy? It, they seem like there's something wrong with them. But I don't know. Green and yellow just works. Green and yellow works really well. The only thing I would say is that looks like North Dakota State and Baylor having sex, making a uniform baby. I've seen that uniform a lot. You know what I mean? It's like a yeah. – that uniform looks like a lot of other uniforms, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. But bad. none, but no, like no uniforms in the NFL, so like you yeah. can let it ride. OA award given to the the people that make me feel like I should stay on my couch, the player or the play that makes me feel like I should stay on my couch. All the football players here in Las Vegas today that I stood at uh, field level with, essentially, and just a couple years ago, I was bench pressing cats or thinking that I could, running in them full speed, and I'm looking at. These guys and their pads, and they're, I'm looking at Jordan Mailata, these Eagles fans out here, <laughs> Philly, Philly. I'm looking at Jordan Mailata. I'm giving Lane a hug, who I'm so happy is back out there. I love Lane Johnson. He's an awesome dude, and nobody cares more about football than him. You know, trust me. Like, if he, wanted, if he could have been out there the last couple of weeks, he would have been, and I'm so happy to see him out there uh, today. He did a pretty good job. He didn't finish the game. I, we'll see what's going on, um, but he did a pretty good job on a good brusher. Um, all those football players make me feel like I should stay on the couch. Like, it's one thing to watch them on TV, but when you stand next to them, I don't care if you played or not, you probably felt this way a little bit t today, too. It yeah, doesn't, it's sure. not like on TV. Yeah, it's definitely not the same thing. And, like, it, it's one of those things, just even watching guys warm up and just knowing how we used to warm up and how much it takes out of you and how, how much you have to do to really, really be get, ready for a game. get oiled up and be ready to, so to people, go out So, people, when there. you're, like, pre-gaming and getting drunk in the parking yeah. lot or, like, it's not like we just, like, get zapped down on the field and start running around, like, Another thing that's crazy is they all look so spry, but I know they feel terrible because I've oh. been on the other side of it. Like, yeah. it's week seven. Week now. seven, so, yeah. So, yeah, like the OA award, I'll give it to all the football players. Worst flight, I'm going to give it to us because we got to leave Las Vegas in the morning, dude. They've made movies, I think, called uh, Leaving Las Vegas, right? I'm thinking about going. Who's in that movie? I'm thinking about going hard for 12 hours before we leave, man. <laughs> so you're going to stay awake? Yeah, I'm just going to – I heard that's what people do in Vegas. Oh, no. I, I, people also go to Planet 13 and buy edibles that, like <laughs> – I'm like, what's going to just – what's going to put me in a little bit of a coma here for about eight to ten hours? A woman gave me this one edible. So um, I'll, be, I'll be sampling that after I collect my winnings, hopefully, on this Colts game in the under. Reed. I, I, Reed looked at me funny. I'm like, damn, what's going on there? 23-18. 23-18, perfect. Seven well, minutes left in the fourth. Well, the problem is the under's dead. <laughs> the downer's dead but i have a lot more money on the colts <laughs> told you carson's not not bad bro like i to uh, these extreme arguments quarterbacks it's like it's politics and then quarterbacks the most divisive conversations in america um <laughs> leaving las vegas yeah your favorite actors nicholas cage nicholas cage nicholas cage that's one i need to see i like nicholas cage who doesn't like nicholas cage he's probably here right now somewhere 
He's probably somewhere out in these Vegas streets. Shout out to Nicolas Cage. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll give the worst flight to us because we have to leave. And I'm bummed out about it. And one more time, thank you to the, to the folks at Blue Wire um, and, and, and the win. We're going to have Allen on. Um, game ball goes to win. Game ball going to win. Big time. Um, you know, the game yeah, ball definitely goes to this casino. So we'll, you guys can post about it on your social because that's what all the players that win the green light game ball do. So the win, you know, you could just blast that out from your main <laughs> account. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Alan, and then uh, y'all have a great week. We're going to try to say goodbye to this place. Guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Check us out on uh, Greenlight Tube on YouTube and mm. all other digital platforms. platforms. Damn, dude. Plug the show and everything. Road game. Took the stadium over. Hey, got it. Fax, next, next, Fax next, man up, next man up um, mentality. Came to Las Vegas, did some, uh, did some media here, and now look at you. Look at him, plugging the show, dude. Yeah. I haven't done that once in its existence. <laughs> I've never plugged the show. All right, so we're going to talk to Alan. Y'all take it easy. Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older and present in state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So me and Dr. Fax have a very special guest. I feel like we have the Wizard of Oz in the building. Alan Berg. Let me make sure I get this right, Alan, because there's a lot of words in this very shiny title, and you told me you're still trying to go up from here, but Senior Trading Manager at WinBet. That is correct, sir. And I'm always trying to go He's up. He's trying to go up, bro. I love this <laughs> dude, man. We connected earlier, a Montana guy, so we had a little bit to talk about there. But we really want to talk about gambling because that's been my, uh, my pastime of choice the last two, three years since I got out of the game, and you're the guy with the answers. So, Alan, let's start with the 1 p.m.s today. What happened that was really interesting to you? Uh, the Bengals, uh, yeah. you know, just not, not, not that they won, but just how impressively they did it. I yeah. mean, they, they just hammered that team on the road in a division game. And, you know, you know, obviously yeah. division games are usually tough no matter how good a team or, or how bad a team is. So um, they kind of made their statement today, I feel like. Yeah, dude, I was just saying this, and Nate, we've talked about this a lot. Like, we were just talking about the Ravens. The Ravens wrecked Dr. Fax's enormous parlay. Oh, my God. It wrecked my six-game parlay that i had today you didn't run it by me because i bet the Bengals, and i've been saying this for weeks and i don't take pleasure in watching lamar jackson struggle because he does not deserve this he doesn't deserve the ineptitude around him but that team has been poorly designed for this year and uh and i think at some point here um and i don't know maybe you could shed light on this where the public's going with the ravens but at some point the ravens are gonna start losing these games with more regularity they really were living dangerously for the better part of five weeks. But that's why I like them. And I feel like Lamar <laughs> finds, he, he And that's finds, why Allen likes you. He finds a way to like to, to, to come out on top. Yeah. Like a lot of the time. And I don't know what it is. Like I think they have bad injuries and they just have to put more pieces around him. But it it's just one of those things that I feel like I'm just gonna stay away from Raven Gaines. Yeah, like, there you go. You're like, coming around. Just, You're coming around. Like all together. The Bengals, though, are now a contending team, and people have to like realize that. Last week I gave out a top five, which is the dumbest thing in the world to do, week six of the <laughs> NFL season, especially now that it's 21 weeks long. 
But I, I leave the Ravens out for that reason. And I said, Bengals are fringy top five. And I got to look. What say you? You know, results on the field, obviously, they matter, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're putting it together. And like yeah. I said, this win really, I think, kind of had to change our power rating on them a little bit. And now they get to go next week to the Jets, who yeah. may not have a quarterback, really. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, they look like they're living a charmed life at the moment. You think that's a double-digit line? Can you tell me? Uh... I, I would say just under, Yeah. I would think. Maybe like nine, nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking the Bengals. Except, I don't know, maybe uh, Zach Wilson's replacement is, uh, is, is better. I don't, I don't know. But here's the deal with, with, with Burrow. I see such a young Tom Brady. Like, it's ridiculous. The, the big throws on third down. The ones that are like third and medium. And, and, you know, like Winks bringing pressure. Or like uh, a couple weeks ago playing Green Bay. It was just automatic. You know, like he's, he's a guy you don't worry about. The ball placement is something you take for granted. We watched the Eagles game. Okay, we were just at the Eagles game. We talked about this earlier. Jalen Hurts, is, he does a lot of good things. But if the ball placement's not perfect, bad things happen, especially on those football. money downs. So, you know, like, hey, the ball's got to be right out of step in front of Jamar Chase on a slant. You take that to the bank. And another thing that he's very good at is moving in the pocket, just the way Tom Brady did when he was young, still does. It's the reason he's still standing. Mm -hmm. But that slant for 75 or whatever it was, you saw the way he manipulates his pocket. Um, that's what makes him good as an immobile quarterback. I, I love seeing how, like, he obviously is under fire all the time, right? Like Always. The, the, pre the pass rush against the Bengals is, is a thing to be concerned about, I think, long-term going yeah. forward. But that's what makes Burrow, to me, like, just so impressive. Like, he, he just always seems to make plays and get hit, yeah. and he throws, like, a perfect ball for 20 yards. And now that he's got Chase, I mean, yep. man, yep. He, he's really developing a lot of confidence. Scared the, scared the doo-doo out of us talking about he couldn't see the white lines on the football he, in the preseason. I think he was playing <laughs> possum. I mean, this guy looks like a Hall of Famer. He couldn't see the white lines on the football in preseason. He scared the you-know-what out I, of me. I still don't know what that means. I, I don't know what it means I either. I think means, he was playing possum. He can but, catch. But on the other side of things, the Bengals' pass rush is very good. Those two ends are very good. Trey Hendrickson is a guy that was living in Cam's shadow down in New Orleans, and people wondered, is he really a number one rusher? Well, he is, but in the same token, you've got Sam Hubbard on the other side, who had two and a half sacks today, who's always been thought of as kind of like a supporting piece. Those guys really unlock each other's potential. So you've got the, you, the interesting strategy of foregoing an offensive tackle in the first round, and you know on the other side of things, you actually have a low-key, very good pass rush with those two, two bookends. And the kid that got the D-tackle from Cleveland has showed up pretty good. He was with, with, with uh, Miles and them last year. How about the Bengals last year? I stayed off the win total this year. I took the Bengals over. How crushing were some of those beats? I mean, they should have won eight games last year. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. They, uh, they, they just had, like, a bunch of heartbreaking yeah. things that happened with turnovers. And, yep. yeah, it was uh, – that's why I kind of felt like that they're going to be all right going forward. I, I, I really liked Burrow's rookie season. Most – most young quarterbacks just don't ever get through that phase of dealing with the pressure. Yeah. And with all the pressure he's faced, I just think that that long-term looks really good for them. I was talking to somebody in the suite today about young quarterbacks. And, you know, like a question was asked, like, who actually succeeds in adverse situations right out of the gate as a high draft pick? And I had to think for a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you call – Justin Herbert's situation adverse, but you know, having to learn he's going to play the world champions five minutes before the game comes right in there. He's stones last year in his first start. He's been good all the way through. Joe Burrow is it. Joe Burrow is the only guy 
who walks into like a situation where it's carnage and finds a way. I mean, that's what bodes really well for them in the future. I would ask you this, Jamar Chase, he's putting up big numbers every week. How do you go about setting a rookie's props when he doesn't have like a big body of work? Um, you just kind of have to factor in like opportunity versus, you know, what, what they're going to do. And I think one of the things that kind of kept Chase a little bit, you know, higher in, in our regard is that, you know, he's, he's going to go in there and you normally think, oh, the Bengals might be down, right? Yeah. A couple games. So yeah. that means they're going to throw the ball more. Yeah, for sure. So I think in a, a little bit that kind of saves us uh, originally. And now it's like, you know, I think he had like 200 or something today. And yeah. that just puts him like, you know, you, you, you can't put the number high enough on him right now. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Chiefs-Titans, another kind of crazy game uh, in a different way. I had the I gave the Titans out. I gave them out at four and a half or whatever it was. I mean, shoot, the money line looked good to me. I didn't quite, you know, uh, Randy Marsh wheelbarrow uh, on the money line, but I definitely gave them out in my parlay. The Chiefs have always struggled against the Titans. Like, that is not a dirty secret anymore. That's just like, if you watch football, you know the Chiefs struggle against the Titans. And the Chiefs are not the team they were in the past. And today, it's like the dam broke, dude. I mean, this was the day that you keep setting your watch to the Chiefs getting, you know, returning to form. Don't hold your breath. I mean, like, and my brother plays for the team. You know, I just worry about that team. The turnovers are tough. I think Pat's pressing. Every game, I feel like they're falling apart more and more. The, like something, something little is like happening that is just like, oh, this is about to get real bad. The, so. concu- the concussion today or the concussion scare. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the fumble before the half. You know, you can bank on the Chiefs usually getting that late score. Yeah. We yeah. were talking about that. Like, yeah, set your definitely. watch to it. We, you know, you, you still think people are coming in on the live money line and stuff with, without question because yeah. of the Chiefs. Um, but you're right. It, at some point, we have to start thinking, this isn't quite the Chiefs team we're used to. And the big topic we were talking about today was on Monday, uh, Monday night coming up, they play the Giants yeah. in KC. I mean, this is a number that's probably like 16, like two weeks ago, and now it was it was 13, and now it's probably under 10. It's got to be single digits. Uh, it's crazy. And it's that's, be that's you know, the, the power numbers are adjusting. And, I mean, the public's been getting burned on them for a while now. Sign of the times. I think the public, this is the week the public, we got some Raiders fans in the hall. They kicked the dog, you know what, out of my team today. <laughs> I still love them. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like this is, I think this is the week that people jump off the bandwagon. If there were any people left on the Chiefs bandwagon, this is the week. And these Raiders fans love hearing that, I'm sure, uh, because they look so human. And what that does is that opens that division up. Like, think about being the Broncos and being like, what the hell are we doing? We're stuck between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for the foreseeable future, 15 years. Teddy. Like, can we get out of this division? But the Chiefs looking human is not only good for the NFL, um, it's good for, for that division, everybody else in it. But before the half, when you can bank on them, usually, hey, it was 24 nothing. Talk about shell-shocked. You can bank on them getting quick points before the half, oftentimes getting that two-for-one, right? They're smart. They take advantage of those money possessions. Today, Mahomes goes to scramble for 14. It's a routine play. Bayard's chasing him. I'm saying he's going to fumble the ball because that's become the norm. Like, I know he's going to fumble the ball. It's like they're, they're the punchline of their own joke a little bit right now with these turnovers, and that's tough. I believe in Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer already in my book. Like, book it. I know some people are like, well, let him finish his career. The guy is rare. 
you know, but the, he can't overcome some of the things look, that's going on. There. Look, you know the saying. The old saying is defense wins championships, and I feel like and it at, did for them. And, and at the end of the day, like if you're talking about a team and you're not you're not harping on how good their defense is and how they're doing, it, it, most of the time it's not going to take. And you what far. and what made them good that Super Bowl run was Spags. You know, he stabilized that defense in the playoffs. They were not good at the beginning of the year, but I don't see them with Frank Clark not playing as well, having to move your best player on defense around. Um, you know, and Chris Jones, rushing him on the edge. That hasn't worked out. Mm -hmm. Corners, not great. There's a lot of money positions that aren't working out for them. You can hide linebackers. You know, their linebackers have never been great. You know, not since they had, like, Derek Johnson. But you can't hide those money positions. No, you think about guys, too. It's, it's changing, too, for them. Think about guys you've been on the defense and in the past. For them, you, you're used to sitting on the bench for long drives and – that's hey, a, that's another like, thing. Hey, Sudden you're, change. You're, you're rested. You're rested, and you're ready to go. And two dirtiest words. And then <laughs> in D line play is hearing sudden change and having to throw my helmet and run on the field. <laughs> hey, eight years of sudden change in St. Louis. I was a sudden change. I could have been on a NASCAR pit crew, dude. Um, ha now they turn the ball over. Okay, they turn the ball over a lot. You can set your watch to that. So, Alan, like when you have two teams that play each other, or even one team that plays, you know, like Kansas City, careless with the football. Does that affect the totals in a way you wouldn't think because of short possessions, short fields? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that just affects, like, you know, the Chiefs as an example in their totals is their, their defensive play that you're just going yeah. over. I mean, you know, when you when you basically can't stop any offense in the league at the moment unless they're literally the bottom tier, it's obviously a cause for concern. It'll be interesting to see what the Giants look like against them. Um I don't know, like their offense just, they almost seem like they're tired. Like they've just played so many games in the past couple of years of being one of the most, you know, most, uh, you know, two Super Bowls in a row, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, they, they just don't, they don't have it, whatever it was. I think they're worn out. I think, you know, I, I think they can get it right, but, but they're going to need some players to step up and be different players than they've been the first seven weeks. And, you know, like our guy Juan Thornhill, has yep. got to step up, and I'm not saying he hasn't played well, but they had issues with Sorensen. Juan got more burn. The interesting thing with them is, you just said it, Alan, like when you look at New England, the reason New England is great is not what they do any given year. They're great because they do it year after year, and they're back in it year after year. Do your job. And you can set your watch to it. And it's the same thing with Brady. Like Everybody made a big deal about Brady winning a Super Bowl with that star-studded group. That's not what impressed me. Like... What impressed me is that they came out and avoided the hangover. You know what I mean? Like, that's the mark of the Patriots. And the Chiefs are learning that it's really hard to maintain that level of consistency. The big question for me is, do they find that poor guy who gave Mahomes a concussion? I'm like, as a defensive lineman, I'm waiting for the guy to get a fine for hitting him with his knee in the helmet accidentally because that's how – which is, by the way, the most dangerous – Play yeah. football, knee to the helmet. 100%. So hopefully my man doesn't get fined for that. But 27-0, largest deficit faced by the Chiefs in quite a while. So we've talked Chiefs-Titans. We've talked um, Bengals. You know, we've got some con contending teams in there. Packers-Washington, I didn't see as much of that game. Alan, you watched a little bit of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, just Aaron Rodgers basically doing his thing. It seemed like every time that Washington kind of got something going, he just was there to to just keep the keep the train rolling. And then uh, Washington just seemed to have a couple bad breaks. It, it looked like Heineke might have scored on the uh, reach over the goal line. Uh, it was a pretty wild play because he lost the ball and then he somehow recovered it and then reached over. Yeah, um, that looked like it probably should have been called that way, but they couldn't tell if he was down because he was kind of in the pile. Yeah. 
So um, kind of what we, I think, expected. That was actually our worst uh, game of the day for the public. Really? Was back in Green Bay pretty heavily. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think, you know, Green Bay is another team that's hard to trust for me. We were talking about Arizona in the back, and they rolled today. Funny thing you were saying was the, the sketchiest thing today was that first half uh, Texans. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I don't know how many people might have had first half uh, Texans plus 11 and a half, but that was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, that's tough. You know, they played so good defensively against Arizona in the first quarter, and then the Texan offense just could not move the ball. I mean, they, they just – they're just not good. They just don't have enough guys. But it's the same thing. It's Cardinals. It's, it's the Packers. I feel the same way. I just don't trust them game in, game out to make a deep run. It doesn't make sense because Green Bay looks like more of a complete team this year. So I might just be scarred from the last few years. Every time they played a physical team, you know what happened. It was like the San Francisco game in the playoffs. Um, but I just don't trust them, and I don't really trust the Cardinals until they show me. And, like, you know, Kyler's got to get through a year where he doesn't get banged up because last year – you remember this late in the year. I think it was a Thursday night game against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He went down with the shoulder. He was never the same. And there's guys like Lamar who, who just find ways not to get hit. And I don't know that Kyler yeah, is he, of that ilk. He still point. feels like he's kind of running uh, a little bit too freely at the moment. There, he took a huge hit in the Texan game from yeah. behind today that I was like, oh, my God, like he's got to be a little more careful. And, and I love him because he wants to make a play. Yeah. I mean, every time he rolls out, he's trying to throw 40 yards, which is so fun to watch. Um, but you're right. Like, can't he's your franchise. You can't get him in that kind of. He danger. also might be your player prop bet. Oh yeah, you know, sure. and, and that, that I was talking to somebody yesterday. I'll be honest. Player props scare me sometimes because like it's a hundred percent injury rate sport, man. Yeah. Oh, we get pl- plenty of sharps love unders on player props. If you're mm-hmm. a little bit too high there, they they'll jump on it for that reason alone. Yeah. They think that it's a physical matchup, as an example. Like they'll come after uh, come after some of those. How do you know, like? Do you know some of the sharps by face? Uh, more so when I was more in the retail side of things, yeah. but I'm sure I've seen a couple characters just walking around in here today. Oh, so he's here. Yeah, yeah. Kaiser so says here. <laughs> uh, they were saying when the whales come in town, like out in the casino, like you know. Yeah. Like yeah. you just know. Dude. Yeah, a lot of them will carry their entourage, you know, like an athlete or a, you know, uh, you know, like a musician or whatever. Like yeah, doc, uh, like Doctor Fact does with my parlay. Like you with you your know? parlay, you're on the <laughs> coming in strong. So we had we had Falcons Dolphins, which I told you so on the on the Falcons. The Dolphins are really bad. Also, shout out to Darren Bates, Raw Room, um, great podcast, great podcast, great storyteller. His first game with the Falcons, they're one and zero. Pitts had another big game. That's another guy to keep an eye on the totals uh, on his player prop numbers because all of a sudden. He's over 100 yards with a certain amount of catches or touchdowns, and he's, he's making history, although he was kind of quiet the first month of the season. So, Tua, I don't know what else he can take. I mean, I got a lot of respect for that guy's mental fortitude. They've told you they don't want you 100 different times, and you've been there a half of, you've been there a year and a half. And I mean that. Like, I'm not, this isn't a backhanded compliment. It's just a compliment. It, it takes a lot to, to come into work every day, do a job like that, and know they just don't want you there. Just got to do it though. Just got to do it. Just got to do it. Jets Pat. I had a teaser. I had the. I had the Pats. What do you think about Did, teasers? Didn't need that teaser. That's no, I didn't sure. need. I didn't. <laughs> and this is the thing. I never need the teaser. <laughs> Just bet both both teams. I had the Pats and I had uh, and I had the Titans as well uh, in the teaser. Gave myself some insurance there. The Pats are a funky team right now to kind of put your. We we like them, man. We, like we the yeah. Pats. We think you know um, you know Belichick obviously. Previous year, I mean, losing Brady, 
not having a real replacement for him uh, on that level. Not that Mac Jones is obviously it's not it's not the same deal, but I think with him being there and having a young guy that has you know a pretty good level of confidence, I think coming in the league as a rookie and and not yeah. having you know just tons of wide receiver Pro Bowl talent, a you know a, a Travis Kelsey to throw the ball to to make yeah. him feel a little comfortable. Um, they they've been awesome and and we've kind of tried to stay as low as we can on them without being yeah. too crazy. But when they play the heavyweights right now, I still think they. They're just not going to get it done. It's unfortunate because I took the the over win total uh, on the Pats. Yeah, I got the under on the Vikings. Yeah, okay. I hate the Vikings. <laughs> All right, uh, I should love the Vikings after what we did to them in Philly, but uh, for some reason, uh, I just don't like them. And I feel pretty good about that one. How about the Jets uh, win total? Like we're looking at Zach Wilson. He felt something pop today. That's never good. The knee was loose. They're worried about his PCL. Were a lot of people buying low on that total this year? What was that number here? Do you remember? Was it like four and a half? Uh, yeah, or I think it was in that four and a half range off the top of my head. Um, it was pretty standard. Like it wasn't. Nobody really was aggressive either direction. I yeah. think because you know a lot of times uh, we're, we're just kind of trying to make sure we're not taking that sharp bet. Yeah. And that, you know that's where we kind of try to you know make the numbers as as good as we can without taking that bet yeah. is kind of our goal. And I think that was kind of the right number. I think they're going to be maybe around four wins, I'd say, at best. Yeah. Um, you know, late in the year when you catch a couple teams that thought they were going to be a playoff team, those are the kind of games that a Jets down the road could win. Yeah. We were saying this in the back. We're at the point now when it comes to the Jets and being like a you know, college quarterback where you just go get arrested. If you're slated to go play for the Jets, like go <laughs> – Drive a car into a store that's got nobody in it or something at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't know if I can say that, but like do something that nobody's going to get hurt, but it's really going to fuck up your draft chances. Like, fire, I cussed here. I'm sorry. You just got to fire There's out no a kids tweet. in the hallway for once. It's you got to figure out a good tweet. 9, 15 p.m. on the East Coast, and kids walking around in the you gotta find a You got to find a way to find a good tweet to tweet out to make everyone mad. You don't want to get canceled. But you just arrested over canceled, okay? So if you can find a way to get arrested and you're slotted to go like two to the Jets, do it. You know, like do something really harmless that's not going to hurt your image, but that they can't ignore. Um, because I think it's a poltergeist situation at this point. I mean, you've got Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. Everybody loves these two guys. I think they eventually fix it. But just bad luck, man. You said this, you avoid the sharp bet when it comes to like a Jets win total. Well, most of the time we try to. You try to. Yeah. You try. You attempt to. Yeah. When it comes to like a line on a Sunday, how big does a bet have to be to move that? Like a single bet. It, it really depends. Um, it can be a, a matter of like liability, how much liability it pushes us to, to where we're like, all right, we should probably take something back here, or it'll be, you know, well that guy's really good, and and that might be somebody I actually don't take a full size bet from, but right. I respect enough to to yeah. move it and then see what happens after that. And there's times you'll get games where like sharps will actually be on both sides. If you're at a particular number, it means yeah. the, the mass real close to them, or they each have their own angle on the game. Or sharps are not a yeah, monolith. That's dude. one of the things I always tell people. I'm like, we we all want to know who they take, but at the end of the day, like they they're still going to lose games. Are there any sharps that like maybe don't know their sharps? Are there any like just good that's betters a good question that dude. like they could maybe be calling like, themselves sharps? I, I couldn't comment specifically to anybody in particular but i'm sure there are people that are getting better at this and and a lot of it is just a is networking like you just start meeting people that you can like learn things from they can like teach Howard. you stuff just like being in the room you know and like what we teach our traders and stuff and it, it kind of goes both ways like i think you can get better and then i think you kind of just become a sharp at some point we're working on becoming sharps what are sharps winning at like 58 percent 
Uh, yeah, it's probably fair. I mean, yeah. the the better ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like top end. Yeah, top end. Yeah. <laughs> They're like Uber sharks that are like sixty. Yeah, that, plus really. I mean, it, it's. I wouldn't say they do it over like a career, but yeah. they definitely have some seasons. I'm sure that were definitely that high. Um, What's the key to teasers? Because I want to go back to that oh, for sure. a second. Because do you believe the whole crossing threes and sevens? Totally. Thing? Yeah, legit. Yeah, it, it comes down to what price you get. I mean, the better your the price that a sports book will give you, and depending on where you go, you can find better ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it still seems to be working long term. It's working for me, and I, I've been told not to do it by certain people. But like, it's called a teaser for a reason. People at home, a lot of people complain that we talk about gambling too casually, and they don't like. I'm like, well, that's a you problem. You should get the WinBet app, uh, and <laughs> sure. you know, learn. On the job, but teaser manipulating the line and the total in a way that that's agreeable to you. Usually, it's six points, right? You yeah. do six points. Um, you can also do three team teasers where it's what? How many points? Well, you can. The points usually go from six to six and a half or seven. Yeah. Um, the best piece of advice I can give you about a teaser, yeah, is don't if if the number's like small on the on the underdog side, like plus three, yeah, don't tease through that. Don't tease you give, through that. You give away too much value because if you think about it, you go to one go to pick go yeah. to minus one it's almost the same thing yeah whereas that's why it's good when you go through two key numbers you're getting you're getting a number that is putting you in a situation where at least it feels a little plus ev it doesn't always like come out that way it, like again it depends on what price you're getting the stuff at and how good that advantage is and how off that number might be and when you put it in so there's and all kinds of factors see what we're talking about here is we we're both naturally talking about spreads because mm -hmm. i don't mess with the totals so much you know like i'd have to feel really good about a total to be like yeah i'm gonna tease a total especially in college mm. scott van pelt name drop my boy who who shouted us out on bad beats the other night with steve yep. stanford steve comes on the pot a lot shout out stanford steve which i think is no disrespect to scott that's even a bigger name drop our boy stanford steve i mean he texted me as like you're an idiot stop teasing college totals <laughs> uh he didn't mince words so i probably won't be doing that anymore giants panthers i felt really good about that second half giants number right there i was like I, how anybody could bet the panthers right now it's just beyond me yeah i mean mccaffrey's that team's offense it's the whole I thing mean, that's what you see with this being out i mean look how good darnold looked with mccaffrey yeah. and now look at he looks like the jets darnold at the moment yeah. so um but you know i i kind of like i i thought the giants were actually gonna be better this year i Really like their, uh, I really like their defense. I think they play hard and they're getting after it. But, you know, that, that was a good matchup. defense is nice. But they yeah. believe that they can win now. They're mm -hmm. making moves that, like, say that you can win now, but the quarterback is saying anything but that. And then you end up with P.J. Walker, uh, the, the old uh, arena guy, or he was in the XFL. I like the kid, but he's not going to be the answer either. Like I've said, the, one you, the thing you want to avoid is being picking 20 and sucking. If you're picking 20 and you suck because somehow you played over your head because the defense is good enough or something, or like picking 17 or 15. You're just talking about my life as a Bears fan now. That's what you're doing. This is you, you <laughs> exist in that cycle. But I actually like Justin Fields. Now, I didn't see the game today. Was it ugly? Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah. Um, some of it's not his fault. I mean, their, their line was getting massacred. And yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, they got to get. I mean, Nagy's just not the answer, man. Like, they, their offense, they just don't look like they have a plan when they play. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, Fields is. Fields feels like to me he's running Andy Dalton's offense. That's yeah. the problem. Well, I mean, out here today, there's second time in two weeks maybe that they hurry up and get to a snap because they think there's 12 men on the field. There's not 12 men on the field. Like, th this is like a top-down issue. I mean, like, 
Oh, for sure. And I would never make a determination on a kid who's looked as competent at times as Justin has this early. I'll do it with other quarterbacks. Justin looks really good. Um, he looks like he has tools to me. And I think, unfortunately for him, he's going to have to go through another change uh, before he finds out what his future really looks like. So, yeah, Bears fans, that's tough. And another thing you got to remember is how could we forget that Thursday night game last year where the Bears took it to the Bucks? You don't think that Tom Brady avoided the letdown on his own? You don't think Tom Brady was in there? Like, if I have Khalil Mack breathing – aerosols onto me like just laying on top of me like he did last year if he sacked him like three times breathing in my face like no more of this shit guys i think they were angry i didn't have to see the game to know it and they took care of business so in general we've talked about the whales we've talked about the sharps beating the parlays is uh is something i heard you say yeah i mean that's that's what that's where you get your best results is uh you know using last sunday as an example um yeah. it felt like we cashed every part yeah i mean it was crazy how much uh the public basically beat us up yeah and it happens you know like no matter the law you know i've been in this over a decade now and i mean you're gonna have a weekend like that every now and then um but when, I, when you're hitting like you know, if there's 10 teamers, 11 teamers yeah. that are hitting, I, it's, you know, it's a tough conversation. There's your, there, there's your public enemy <laughs> number one. That's, is this that's, that's fucking me. guy right here. And that's shout out to Ron Jaworski out here. We got my dog. I love the, I love birds fans. They're the best. They're the best. Got some other guys who don't watch football. Maybe, maybe they do. Yeah. What up, buddy? How are you? There we go. Yeah. Alcohol. What's it get? What's that say? Alcohol sanitizes. Yes, it does. I've been sanitizing all weekend. Yeah. Cheers, hey. bro. <laughs> Um, we were talking about, uh, the, the parlays. That's your public enemy. Number one, right there is this guy. And I told him, I was like, just leave the lions off your, like, stop including the lions. It's nope. not going to be worth the odds boost Yes, it is to continually put the lions in all your parlays. They're not going to lose every game. So one week it's going to be right. <laughs> I don't know if the just... math checks out there or not, but I would, I would ask this. I like money line parlays when I'm not feeling real ballsy. I'm not feeling real confident and I want to just like catch a breath. Mm-hmm. I like to just kind of, you know, I'll take the Bucks and say another, you know, minus 330 favorite and maybe find three of those guys and just try to break even. Bad idea in the NFL because of the variability? Long-term. Long-term bad idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we, we've had – I can't tell you how many whales I've dealt with that, that think they're cutting us up and, you know, they beat us four or five weeks in a row and then bang two in a row and all their profits and they get completely smoked. smoked. You know, and that's really what you need. You need a couple of the key spread favorites to go down yeah. and then, like, ideally one major money line. Like, if the yeah. Bucks would have lost the Bears today, as an example, yeah. like that would have been massive. Like, we would have crushed Huge. so many parlays. Yeah. Huge parlay killer. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is college, you got to think about it a little differently because I just feel like, and this is why there's, like, a ledge where you can't bet, like, Bama money line anymore. But I feel like I know a team – from this SEC is not going to lose to a Sunbelt team any given weekend. Do you feel like the variability is more in college or in, in the NFL? More in the NFL. More in the um, NFL. But you, you get charged an even higher premium exactly. in college is the thing. So, again, it, it's built in. The, math, the yeah. math will eventually work itself out if you're not doing the right stuff. There's nothing these fucking guys haven't thought of, dude. Okay? So, like, <laughs> here we are. I'm like, oh, did you think of this? It's like, yeah, well, we, we kind of bake that in. Like, the computer <laughs> takes care of that. So, you're setting the lines or is the computer doing, like, what you do on a daily basis is mainly – yeah, we, we have our we basically have our way of doing it. 
and then what we think the line should be. And then we also have to respect the marketplace yeah. and our players, right? Yeah. So we may lean something. Like we actually kind of liked the Lions a little bit this weekend. Um, yeah. You know, the line was still huge. We weren't just giving it away. We weren't like, oh, yeah, you can lay seven and a half with the Rams yeah. in our property. You don't even need to do that. You're off a point, point and a half on some of these spreads. You'll get immediate action. And then once you get comfortable enough to where you're at, you start moving it up a little bit. And then sometimes you'll just sit there and no one bets it. Right. And then all of a sudden, all the world market starts drifting towards your number. Right. So sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. Um, but ultimately, we have our own kind of group that does this sport, that sport. And we try to. And you're it in a room out. just like, like yelling, not because you don't like each other, but I feel like I'm always imagining like a stock trader type situation. Is uh, it like that? Are there papers it, flying in the air? And it's, shit? it's a little more laid back, I would say, than you'd probably think. Um, you hire when it's, uh, yeah, man, you're in. Let's That'd go. Be cool. yeah, you yeah. get like wings every day, and like, yeah, if you're uh, there, we'll get wings for right, sure. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, but it's laid um, back. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty much. I mean, you know, like, like I mentioned before earlier, I mean, last Sunday was not fun. That's yeah. not our days where we're like, oh, like, then I would say it gets a lot more tense in there, but. In most weekends, it's it's you know it's fun. It's a good job. I mean, you you, you try to watch everything that's going on yeah. and and you know try to make notes and figure out which teams are rated too high on your power ratings and then right. see what the market does with it as well. And yeah, that's cool. A bad day like that, do you go home and just uh, drink a lot of alcohol or just try to just hide for a little bit? Yeah, it's one of those days where you <laughs> it's start. Like a, is it like a football game when you get your ass kicked in a football game? <laughs> yeah, like okay. I usually go look for the cheapest liquor I have in my cabinet good. and just try to crush that one. Good. You know? Good. It's not, you a, it's probably, not a good liquor I saw game. your title. You probably got the cheapest liquor in your cabinet. It might be Johnny or something, dude. <laughs> probably for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. This guy's a man. I think I, I, think I got it poured at Shell, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a quick question. Yeah. I, want, I was wondering for um, people in your position, do you guys worry about, like, robots and the computers like just in the future like kind of like pushing you guys out like at some point or like is it like is there any type of like security from like you being a physical human that like you might have an edge like at the end of the day like over just like i mean these people at these well, it's like analytics you yeah, can't they have, just they run have, numbers they have all day money, there's got to be a yeah, person money to, to get, analyze the numbers to do all, all this stuff but like i feel like more and more they have computers that are just able to do yeah. all of it no and, and i think that um i think that as the industry keeps growing and growing and growing you're going to see a lot more of that automation um but I, i'll give you a good kind of football example i guess is that i'm a huge analytics guy that's why i was huge on the chargers hire right like i thought it was a huge upgrade for herbert and it's you're seeing it on the oh field. yeah um and i think that that like us like you're going to get to a point where if you get a feel for your team if you just know them well enough, there's going to be a time you're going to go, you know what, I know it's saying we should do this, but I'm going to go for it on fourth down, even though I shouldn't by the numbers. And I think that's where the human element will always be involved, that even though the machine's spitting out this, spitting out that, right? Like, what if I said, oh, man, the Titans are going to win this game outright today, so I'm, I'm going to be lower, even though the machine's telling me otherwise. I, I still think that will matter at the end of the day. It'll just be it, – it, it's going to be a continually evolving industry, though. I got to make sure there's no kids walking around. Fuck the machines. <laughs> you think the Eagles today? You think the machine told the them machine to kick that? To yeah, kick the machine that, was like, hey, kick you know, an kick an onside kick, right kick and use your great, <laughs> your, your great onside, onside kick, kick right, right out of the half. Uh, again, I don't want to beat that to, to death, but that was tough, that, that halftime sequence. Okay, we talked earlier, and you said that, like, there are fan bases that might be able to move the line like a touch because they're just they're so massive or they're so active. Like mm -hmm. one would be 
Yeah, I mean, like Pittsburgh. I think if you're booking in Pittsburgh, yeah. you probably get to a point yeah. where you're, you're a, a true bookmaker wouldn't really necessarily want to move with liabilities. Yeah, you know, they just they, they just think if the number is the number, then you stay there. Yeah, but we all got bosses, right? Yeah. So th- there's going to be a point where I don't know if I want to have that conversation tomorrow morning if Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the lowest number on Pittsburgh, and they smash us. Yeah. So you kind of have to have that nice balance of figuring out where that's where that right balance is for you. So who's the worst betting fan base? Uh, that they're going like, to get they'll bet you. their team no yeah. matter what. Yeah, or just they're bad at Steelers betting. Steelers are up there. Okay. Uh, so. oh, as far as bad at betting, uh, but by man. virtue of being so loyal to the Steelers, they're always yeah. going to think that they're going to cover. Like, but just, they also grew up in an area of the world where there was always some kind of gambling going on. Gambling. So they there probably were sharps there's, in the some, there's some sharps in PA, boy. So who's who's the least sharp? uh fan base oh dolphins man. uh they gotta be they gotta be in the contenders <laughs> list yeah they gotta be up there so you see oh, you Wisconsin see people Wisconsin. Yeah, oh yeah. really yeah shot you hear that dan sorry you hear that big cat bias bears fan so you, you hear know, that big cat well he's a chicago he's a chicago bears fan but he's a wisconsin guy so all the guys a, who bet from Miami think they're gurus. They think they know. Yeah, and, and and they're and they're just not plugged in. It's not a football city, dude. And and listen, like I love our Dolphins fans. Like God bless y'all. It is it is incredible. You are uh, you know a hair north of of dealing with the Jacksonville situation over the years. But when you see somebody walk in with a Ricky Williams jersey, you're like cha ching. Like <laughs> that, guy, that guy's putting in a ten teamer. He's putting in a ten yeah. teamer. There yeah. he is, right there. <laughs> so how about a player? What player moves the line the most outside of a quarterback? Like Waller moved the line today. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, we were kind of having conversations, and I, I guess I was wrong on this one, but I, I kind of felt like you know I was worried Waller was their offense, and it was interesting to see Carr work without him, and you know he did pretty well. I think I don't know the Eagles. Eagles are weird to me. Like I, I feel like oh, there's certain games. Yeah, there's, there's certain <laughs> games they the look they look pretty the strong, and then and then they just did not look right today at all. I don't know. I'll tell you what it is. Miles Sanders got hurt early. They had something. They had something. They had four, you know they gave him the ball four times in one drive. I was like, oh, it's more than he's gotten the ball mm-hmm. all season. And uh, you know they're they're just not that good a team right now. And and I bet the the Eagles money line the whole thing, but that before the half whole sequence was terrible how much does that affect like does the emotion of when a guy gets hurt does that does that kind of sap you guys and if you don't get up quick enough then you're kind of out of the game it can kill momentum uh you know like last week uh i was watching a game it was a primetime game and i think taylor lewan got carted off and you know people were asking me what's that like and you know there's just on one hand it's impressive that players are able to like compartmentalize and move on like we have a very innate ability to like Hey, that guy might have broke his neck. Next play, like, do I have to worry about a shot? Are we on the forty-five yard line? Like, how do you do that? I would it's, say, it's, yeah, it's, it comes from practice. They move the drill in practice yeah, when people get hurt. It's definitely so, player to player, but it's definitely something that everyone just they they deal with it differently. And you got to take into consideration too. It's just like that might be your best friend, or yeah. it might be a guy that like you just got on a team and it's just like, okay, he got hurt. Could be a guy who gets hurt and makes you more inspired to go kick ass, like win one for the Gipper type thing. So it's just there's variables. Yeah, for sure. It's, it definitely does affect the game one like one thousand percent to have to slow it down. And a lot of it is like a long halftime. It's like a shorter long halftime. Like guys getting tight, guys getting like unfocused, like that sort of thing. We had a delay a couple weeks ago. It was a Sunday night game. Here, yeah, lightning. Yeah, it's lightning. So what the hell do you do? Like when Baltimore and um, and San Francisco are playing in that Super Bowl, were you here then? I was working in the industry. So that was what, a while. So now. what the hell was going on setting that line in the second half? 
we were just trying to figure out, you know, kind of like who who does this affect more? And we we kind of felt like, yeah, it's going to affect the Ravens because they were rolling. Yeah. And now it's like the Niners can just kind of calm down yeah. and just try to be like, look, we're in the Super Bowl. Let's mm-hmm. get back into this game. And you were right. And that's what happened. So. And you were exactly yeah. right. That's so interesting. Some of the like and, – and one more thing on the analytics because I am an analytics guy as well. They've won me over. When the numbers say go for two – and your best player's hurt, or a guard is out, or there's a tackle on the other team who's kicking the dog shit out of, out of your offensive line, or maybe it hasn't gone well this game, or maybe this is the fourth two-point conversion and you're out of plays. Like, there has to be the human element to help you cross the finish line. So I don't think we're going to have, like, an R2-D2 Bill Belichick rolling around. I do think, like, there will always be human beings, hopefully in sports books upstairs. Be careful. Because I don't want the robots. I'll (laughs) stop gambling if it's all robots. There's no Allens. All right, cool. Live betting. How hard is that? Um, it's, that's the computer stuff, huh? Yeah, it's most, it, a lot of it's coming through that. Um, I think it's more of like, you just have to be careful of when like a player gets hurt and to make sure that the line's still not up because yeah. there's just, there's just so many guys waiting for that moment, you yeah. know, to like jump on, oh, Brady just looked like Brady Brooks leg, like yeah. clearly going to move the line. Right? right. So those are the times where it can be a little bit frustrating. Um, but, but overall, I mean, it, it's, it's an ever evolving thing. And I think that what it looks like right now won't even be what it looks like in five years. I think there's just different markets that are going to be more, more popular than even the game spread. A couple last things for Alan here. He's been very gracious with his time on a Sunday evening. This guy's awesome. We're looking at baseball betting because my other co-host is um, a total degenerate. Uh, his name's Macon, and he's just like down the rabbit hole on baseball betting. Is baseball betting the easiest or the hardest thing? It's actually easier for a better in a lot of ways um it it really depends especially early if you really have the right teams in mind that are underrated by you know guys like us yeah and if you get those right over the course of just betting the money line money line money line you're gonna you're gonna build a a decent bankroll the the catch is is that when certain trends start to change you got to be with that wave because then if the wave can just come back and crush you so guys that are really good at it stick with it for a while and sometimes they'll start breaking off in the summer um it just really depends what they're seeing and you have to know when to kind of like just back off and yeah just like when it's yeah well baseball that sounds like one easy one what's the one sport you're like i don't want people to learn how to gamble this sport (laughs) because it's easier than they think oh man well i always used to say um i don't know if i can give you a sport but (laughs) i I always used to say there's a reason why you take less less limits on certain things than others yeah okay there you go follow that that logic there if you're at home yeah okay i have one question so i don't know if this is like for just on like online betting but how do you and people in your position feel about like cashing out because i feel like ultimately for me like when i cash out like i'm about to make money where i kind of know like or i don't have a good feeling that i'm gonna fully win and that entail is a win to me if i'm getting more money back than I put in regardless if it's a dollar more I still won the bet to me like how does that how does that like translate for you guys is that a loss for you or is it like it's it's kind of I mean in theory right it's kind of buying us out of the position so the math the the math guys who know more about cash out than I do because it's kind of a newer a newer concept (laughs) so to say at least in the states (laughs) 
It's like a fetish. Yeah, I it love is. It. My fetish is like a teaser. Ooh, I'm really into those no, teasers. Get a big parlay. He's really into get a big parlay, and out. you really focus on the first games yeah. that they win, and then the later games He's you have some underdogs out. in there. We need so to escort that, you off the premises so that the cash out, if those games go like as you plan, that cash out is going to be pretty hefty. Getting into those later games. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you can do it. I think, the, I think the key thing is is that most people are going to cash out are going to continue to bet, and that's the, that's, the uh, thing that gets, that's the thing that gets you long term. Yeah, you're happy when the <laughs> chips stay chips, and yeah. I don't go back to the, the exactly. table there. I got yep. some chips here. I'm going back to the table tonight, Alan. Alan Berg, <laughs> Senior Trading Manager for WinBet. Uh, we hope to have you back on sometime, man. This has been awesome. It's like talking to the Wizard of Oz. This oh, is cool, man. It's so great. I'll have so many questions for the next time. I'm going to take a picture of this guy and, and show my wife, and she's going to be like, that's the guy. That's the guy that's taking our money. <laughs> she's she's going to be doing like uh, voodoo oh, with the witchcraft. I don't know how I feel about her having a picture of me now. <laughs> I'm a little scared now. When she comes to Vegas, she's going to be like, where's Alan? <laughs> I need to speak to Alan Burke. I'm